It's always a great honor to be here. I see some new faces, so I'd love to meet you after service, but uh, as uh, one of the elders and uh, staff at Mercy Hill Bayview, we get to miss people, and when we do that, we want to see you guys. So it was a great pleasure to be able to come here and speak when they asked me to. Um, why don't we pray real quick? Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you for the many gifts that you have given us, most importantly, Lord, um, the cross. And Father, today we just ask you that you would open our hearts and minds and prepare us uh, for this message. Lord, uh, we, we, always, we can always learn, we can always grasp even more and more of your word. So I pray for everyone here, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I wanted to talk about um, the sweet fragrance, fragrance of prayer. And what I want to prepare you is to, to kind of view this from the spiritual dimension, okay? Because we pray, and we know that's the connection from us to God. But imagine the other side when we pray. Imagine what happens when we pray. Because sometimes we don't think about that part, do we? Um, I want to start off with the book of Revelation, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 8, verse 4. And it says, The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Imagine that. That's one view of the spiritual dimension of prayer. Our prayers from God's people go up before God from the angels' hands. Absolutely beautiful. Or Psalm 141, verse 2 says, May my prayers be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. You know, it's really interesting because when we're worshiping, uh, sometimes we're even a little bit biased about the songs that, that are being played in worship, and they're all great, but sometimes we, we're like, oh, I really like this song, or, or we really just raise our hands for this one, maybe not so much for the other one. But what we tend to do is we tend to think that, wow, this is something that I'm being that I'm having pleasure singing and being part of when it comes to worship, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the neat thing is that there is a pleasure on the other dimension of God because it's almost like an incense. As we raise our hands, it's that sacrifice that he receives. So not only do we uh, enjoy worship and worshiping God, but on his side, he enjoys when we do that. Did you ever think about that? Sometimes there are some songs that remind us of that. But do you ever think about the fact that while we're here praising, while the worship team is just going to town with these beautiful uh, songs, that God is just sitting there and just enjoying and pleasures in our worship? Because if you think of it that way, you're going to be more motivated that this isn't just something that we're just letting out into this, the air of this place here in the armory. It's going directly to God. It's going up there, and he is enjoying it. 
So what does this mean? That when we devote ourselves to Jesus in prayer, in worship, in lifting up of hands, like that scripture said, and the knowledge of his word, God considers it, considers it a incense of sweet fragrance. The sweet fragrance to his nostrils. It pleases him and brings him glory. If there's one thing I want you to, to remember when you walk out of here today is that when you sing and when you praise him and you pray, you're bringing him glory. Sometimes we forget. We think that those things are all about us. Well, I'm just going to pray because I need this, or I'm just going to worship because I like this song. I just heard it, and it's new. It's more than that, folks. It's to be able to say, I'm going to be an instrument of worship and prayer for my God. And he's going to be glorified when we do that. We think it's all about us. We think it's all about our uh, pleasure of that song. And again, nothing wrong with it as long as you connect that to where it's going. So this also means that our enemy, Satan, considers our prayers and our worship and time with God as bad smell. Now, why do I say that? Because a couple uh, of seconds ago, we realized that it's incense and pr his prayers, our worship, and our prayers, I'm sorry, and our lifting of hands is incense. It's, it's, it smells great to the nostrils of God. And the opposite of that is that it, it stinks for Satan when we do that. And that's why he stops us so much to try to do that. Uh, how many here are familiar with the um, screw tape letters? C.S. Lewis, great book. And I love how, I still don't get it, how he wrote something that just seems like it's, in, like, how did he get there? It's like he was in the spiritual dimension where he actually wrote about uh, two demons, one being an older one that was experienced training and coaching a newer demon. And each of those demons had a human and their goal was to destroy that human, destroy their relationship with God, destroy anything they could to make them ineffective. And there's a, there's a quote. It says, Screw Tape writes that it is best to keep the patient. By the way, the patient is us. We are the patient in this book. It is best to keep the patient from praying at all, one demon says to the other. But if the patient does pray... And Wormwood is one of the, the name of the, uh, the demons. Wormwood should see that, it, that he invents his own prayers. His prayers should be more like a general mood than an act of concentration or concentrated meditation. And we're all guilty of that, aren't we? We, we start to pray and all of a sudden, oh, I got to pay this bill or... Timmy needs to go to, to soccer in a couple minutes. And, and, and it's more like uh, we're inventing some prayers in between our thought life that aren't even genuine. And don't feel bad. We all have that. But in this quote, what he's trying to tell us is, hey, you know what? Let him pray based on his mood and not really meditating in him which in the book he would call the enemy, uh, God. So 
think about it. If you are praying depending on your mood, there's going to be some times that when you pray and you're in a really bad mood, it's not going to be that effective, is it? You're probably just going to pray uh, in a rush or maybe not even pray at all. You'll skip it because you had a bad day. And maybe when you are in a good mood, maybe at church, maybe I'll pray and my prayer will be genuine. And the enemy will work really hard with our emotions, our thought life, and how we think to try to stop us from praying effectively. So, I had to go there with that quote. It says here, He cannot stand when our lives produce the sweet fragrance of prayer, of worship, and the study of his word. And he will work really hard to do that, to stop us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 through 15 says, Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to those among those who, I'm sorry, to God among those who are being saved. Let me stop there, because the other part is, is the total opposite. You ever been told you were the aroma of anything? I mean, maybe when you get out of the shower, put some perfume on you, you probably smell good for maybe half an hour, and then we ruin it one way or another. And, uh, um, but yet, at the same time, we can easily... I heard something about a, a race, a 5K, or I'm not sure what it was, in the announcements. Do you have much aroma after that race? <laughs> probably not, eh? Oh, there's aroma, you're right. Just not the right kind. So it goes on and it says, For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved, and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other the fragrance from life to life. Isn't that just a beautiful verse? It's telling us that our aroma, for those who are being saved, those who are God's children, is an aroma. It smells great, not physically, but spiritually to God. But then when it comes to those that aren't saved, when it comes to those that sometimes we even speak to and try to share the gospel, what happens there? It's almost like, get out of my face. I don't want to hear this. And they feel convicted. They feel like, uh, if I continue listening to this person, I just might punch him in the nose. But that's that death, that stench of those who are unbelievers, and especially those in the spiritual realm, too. So why do we bathe, right? We bathe. It is not to remain clean. I'm sorry. It is not to remain clean, not smell, not to have a wretched smell. That's why we bathe, so we won't be wretched when it comes to our smell. And it's interesting because there's a lot of things in the spiritual realm that are kind of the opposite to the earthly realm, isn't there? Um, and that's one of them. When we don't bathe on earth, we stink. But when we, when we don't, well, let me just continue. I, I don't make more sense. Have you ever had a hang around, you ever had to hang around someone with body odor, right? 
Sometimes you want to be really nice. You don't want to let them know about it, or maybe you make your distance. Uh, we're not used to, I'll give you an example, and this is totally different. We're not used to being around all these farms. And on, on our way over here, being that our air conditioner is broken, <laughs> wow, those cows are just so strong when it comes to, and uh, me and my wife, Idalia, we're like, whoa, and you just open, close those windows, even if we're suffocating, um, because of the stench of the cows. And again, when we have that aroma from God, that stench is what the enemy smells from us. But think about it. This is also a very good way of protecting ourselves, right? Because that means that if you are full of God's aroma, which comes from prayer and worship and being in his word and being his child, the enemy will probably, I will say probably, I'm not giving you any guarantees here, because he will try. He will try his best to stay away from you too. Because you smell terrible to him, even though we smell great to God. So there's a key here, isn't there? We have to ask ourselves, how do I smell spiritually? Do I have the, the, the fragrance of prayer in me? Or I'll just pray on Sunday and throughout the week you're just getting beat up by the enemy and beat up by our flesh because we're not protecting ourselves from the aroma that comes from prayer and devotion to God. Are we getting the point? Because it gets a little backwards and it gets a little confusing. But when you smell, good people are attracted to you in real life, right? If I come in here and I, and I have some cologne and I smell great and I showered, you know, it's going to be easy for people to stand around me or, or, or talk to me and be close to me. And that in itself is a beautiful thing, too. Have you ever had moments, and maybe it's a coincidence sometimes, where you're going to a store or you, you see someone and you feel like, ooh, there's something about that person that makes me think they're Christian. You know, you ever had that? And, and then in, in, if you continue, you have a conversation, all of a sudden it's like, woof. You start to talk and there's that commonality that we're sharing that fragrance that comes from being a believer. And it's a beautiful thing. It's almost like we can sense it sometimes. So prayer stinks to the enemy and his spiritual realm. And that's why he works so hard, folks, to try to stop us to pray. Some of us here that are really young might say, well, that's for older people, that's for mom and dad. I don't, I don't need to pray. In fact, I'm okay. They pray for me. That's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to cover yourself in prayer. You need to cover yourself in his word. And guess what? You know all this. You're a believer. You know that these are some of the things that, that we depend on, just like our bodies depend on food and breathing. We can't live without it. And so it is in the spiritual realm. That's why he tries so hard to stop us and distract us from prayer, from worship and reading the Bible. Now, you're going to have an opportunity later on with some worship music, and you're going to think about it a little different, aren't you? You can say, well, I can stand here and hold my coffee or water, or can I actually lift up my hands and give glory to my God and that he sees this and my singing and worship as fragrance, 
to his nostrils. And why wouldn't you want to give him that? Think about it. What has he done in your life? I mean, it, I, I could say at minimum, but it's not at minimum because this is the most, thing, the most important thing he, he has done is that he died on a cross for you. He spared you from eternal damnation. That in itself should cause us to praise him every day, every second. That in itself should cause us to sing under our voice as we do other things, as we work, as we're in the office because of what he has done for us. And he has done many more than that, hasn't he? Many of us are here spared physically, too, from sicknesses. So he is worthy of prayer. So we need to bathe ourselves in prayer, worship, and in God's word, the Bible. We smell great to the devil when we don't bathe. Think about that. We smell great to the devil or to the enemy or his lesions, if you want to call it, when we don't bathe. And some of us fake it. Some of us fake it. I was in the prayer room, and uh, I believe it was a sister who was praying about how many of us, uh, through our relationship in Christ, we try to squeeze in and be, um, I think it was an example of the needle uh, going through the, or the camel going through the needle or through the entrance of a, of a wall. And some of us try to do that with religion only. In other words, we put spray some religion on us and we smell great for others. We may even look great. Wow, look at this person. He's an incredible man of God or incredible woman of God. But what they're doing is just spraying religion on themselves. How does that look like? Religion on yourself. Maybe doing the right thing. Maybe helping your neighbor. Maybe going to church. But if it's only just religion and tradition, it's all self-righteous, isn't it? And it's perfume of religion and good deeds, and it's all fake. But guess what? God sees right through it. Excuse me. Satan hates prayer because prayer, if prayer is sweet fragrance to God, then it stinks to Satan, which is why we will do his very, he will do his very best to stop you from praying. I keep repeating that, but it's because I really want to stress that we have forces that will stop us from praying and stop us from spending time with God. And one of them is our own flesh, isn't it? I mean, as long as we live in this flesh, it's going to fight against us. I mean, didn't Christ himself say, in the garden, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And because the flesh is weak, we will just walk in and be distracted by the flesh, just like cattle going through a slaughterhouse, not knowing what's going to happen. And yes, our spirit is willing, but it's not easy for us to obey that willing spirit in our flesh unless we are enveloped in prayer and in his word and in worship. Then it leads us. You've heard that story 
uh, about those two famous, uh, uh, about these two dogs, a white dog and a black dog, and uh, in some tribe, an Indian tribe, and they're fighting. The dog, a white dog, and the, and, and the black dog is just, they're just tearing each other up. And this little boy comes to one of the elders and says, which of the dogs is going to win this fight? And the elder says, the one that who has been fed the most. Why? Because he's going to have that energy. He's going to have that stamina. He's going to have that power to resist and win the battle. So are we feeding ourselves? Because if we don't, we're going to be weak, just like the flesh is. And when we are weak, the enemy will take over. Our flesh will take over. But when we feed spiritually in prayer, in worship, in his word, we are stronger to fight these temptations. We are stronger to live that Christian life and know that no matter what happens, no matter how many times the enemy puts his foot there and causes me to trip, I will get up and continue running towards God. So he will stop you from praying because it has what? Prayer has great power. James 5, 13 through 17. We're all familiar with this verse. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Then it goes on and says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Wow. So that's why he wants to stop you. That's why your flesh is lazy sometimes and wants to stop you. It's powerful and effective. Another reason is because it brings glory to God. Revelations 5, 8 through 9 says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. Now listen to this, which are the prayers of God's people. You ever had that feeling like, did God even listen to me? I mean, am I wasting my time prayer, praying? It just seems like maybe it goes one ear out the other. Our prayers are like in bowls of incense. And the angels are bringing it to God. In your prayers, they don't fall nowhere. Just because maybe they're not answered like you expect them to be answered, that doesn't mean he doesn't listen to you. He knows best. It's like if I had a three-year-old son, and uh, maybe, maybe ten, and he says, Dad, I want a uh, race motorcycle, one of those ninjas. Will I give it to him? I mean, maybe if I hate him and I want him to die in an accident, but we know that God doesn't want that from us, and he knows best when we ask for things. Maybe he will answer it in a different way, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't listen it means that in, that in those golden bowls that are full of incense are carried our prayers to God. I want you to imagine that. I want you to think about what every time you pray, there's a prayer in that bowl, that golden bowl. Which are the prayers of God's people? Another scripture, Revelation 8 
3 through 4 says, Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was much, I'm sorry, he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. Wow. Our prayers go in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hands. They are delivered straight to God. And you know, when you think of prayer that way, you start to put more faith and more power and strength into that prayer because it's not just a whole bunch of piddly little words anymore. That is coming from you to our Father in heaven who is sitting on the throne. And that in itself will increase your faith because you're like, wow, I know that I can run to my room right now and I'm going to pray about something and God's going to receive it. Which, by the way, uh, folks um, that were in the prayer room, just want to say, I, uh, I was praying that I had a really bad foot pain, and uh, I would not have been able to do that, by the way. Uh, and the prayer team anointed me. Uh, someone even went down and, and held my feet and prayed for me. And I said to myself, while this was all happening, Lord, I receive it. I stand in this prayer. I believe it. So now think of that example, real-life example. It was in that room back there. From there, it was delivered to God's throne, and it pleased him to take away the pain. So praise God. It has power. So... Satan in this world will try to stop you from praying by making us feel we don't really need to pray. We know that one. Making us feel unworthy to pray. Ooh, that's a big one, isn't it? God's not going to listen to me. I've disappointed him so many times. I did this, I did that. He is fed up. He's probably in heaven like this, looking the other way, and he's not going to listen to me. Maybe you're the black sheep of the family, or maybe you feel like I'm not qualified to go to him. And that is exactly what the enemy wants you to think. But you know, I keep thinking of the prodigal son. There he was, ready to eat the pig slop. And scripture says, and he came to his senses and said, I'm going to go to my dad, my father. And even though he, in his mind, says, I'll just go and tell him I can just be one of the servants, not his son. What was he saying? He didn't feel worthy. He didn't feel worthy. He felt like, I'm going to go to dad, but you know what? He's probably mad at me, so I'll just say I'll just be one of the servants uh, because I'm not qualified to come to him as his son. And we know the story. The story was that his father was already looking for him, waiting for him for his son to come. And did his father say, yep, you can be one of my servants, not my son, because of what you did? Absolutely not. His father gave him a robe, gave him a ring, and celebrated him coming back. And I want you to think about that, because whatever we do, I know we can do a lot of ugly things as humans, whatever we do, 
it's never too ugly for God. And he will receive us. And he will be celebrating that he, that you came back to him. So again, feeling unworthy to pray? Whenever you think of that, shuck it out the window because that's the enemy. Number three, making us believe we don't have the ability to pray. You ever had that one? Maybe you go to a, a community group or maybe to a prayer group, and you're like, wow, wow, this, this person praying prays really good. Wow, he just seems to have all the right words. And, and you're like, there's no way I'm going to say anything. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to just stumble all over my words. So you stay quiet. You don't pray. And maybe you thought, I need to pray for someone, but I'm not going to humiliate myself because I don't think I have the ability to pray. Another lie, isn't it? I mean, God will take anything that comes from our hearts. So pray, no matter how you sound, no matter how your brother and sister sounds better than you, you sound great to God because you're an incense to him. You're a fragrance to him, no matter how you sound. Four, he will stop us from praying by encouraging us to put off prayer until later. Well, that's a big one. Oh, wow, you know what? It's, it's Thursday. I have a million people to see. I have appointments. I got to go do this. I got to fix that. Uh, I'm going to take, as soon as I'm done, before I go to bed, I'm going to pray. I got it then. In fact, I'll put a little reminder on my, my phone. And what happens? You did all that stuff. You're exhausted. You're tired. And you pray until you fall asleep. And that's, what, maybe three minutes? And uh, you're distracted. You have no energy. And we put off prayer. And it's because I think we have this image that prayer needs to look this way and that way only. Yes, it is great to be able to have a time where we can lock ourselves in the room and pray. But guess what? It doesn't mean you can't pray in the car while you're driving. It doesn't mean that while you're waiting in the, in the, um, the register line to buy something that you can pray for that person in front of you. You don't have to drop on your knees. You don't have to lift up your hands at the store. But you can still pray. So don't put it off until later just because you're not in the right setting. Now, we think of Jesus and how he found places to go to pray. But he also prayed in the midst of people, in the midst of the disciples. He did take that time to wake up early and go to, to, a, to a mountain or somewhere else where he secluded himself. So there's this big mixture. I'm going to pray and devote time with God, but throughout the day I can still be praying. And five, he'll try to stop you from praying by causing worldly thoughts to run th- through our minds. Well, that's what I was saying earlier, our distractions, the worries of the world, they hold us back. Ephesians 6.18, Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. On all occasions. Think about that, folks. No matter what it is, you can still pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. We really never run out of things to pray for if we think about it. And if we do, we're actually being selfish because we're only thinking about our needs. I mean, you can just look somewhere else. I can look somewhere here and see someone and just start praying for them. Do I need to know what they're going through? No. God knows that. In Matthew 26, 41, which is what we read early, uh, what we mentioned earlier, watch and pray that you may not fall into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. What does watch and pray mean? Think about that. I mean, that word watch isn't like watching TV. It's not like watching a baseball game. Watch is more of a vigilant, uh, protective, something that a soldier would do. To be able to watch against things attacking us, to be able to be alert and focused because the enemy is going to try any opportunity to destroy us. So we watch and pray. Why? That you may not fall into temptation. So if we take that verse and turn it around a little, it says, hey, if you don't want to fall into temptation, you should watch and pray. Sounds simple, but again, remember, our flesh and the enemy will try to stop us. So there's this uh, great quote from uh, R.A. Torrey that says, the reason why many fail in battle is because they wait until the hour of battle. The reason why others succeed is because they have gained their victory on their knees long before the battle came. Anticipate your battles. Fight them on your knees before temptation comes and you will always have victory. What's that quote by uh, Abraham Lincoln? Uh, he says, uh, give me six hours to chop off a tree and I'll take four of those hours to sharpen my blade and one hour to cut it. I think I probably said it right. What is he saying? That he needs, he needs, uh, well I should say, that he knows that when you sharpen that blade and it's nice and sharp, the work will be less because then that blade will be sharp and you can cut that tree in no time. But if you don't take four hours to sharpen the blade, imagine how rough it's going to be to cut that tree. It might take the whole six hours. So, guys, when we prepare out here on Earth, and I believe everyone here is human, and we're on this side of the planet, that means that we need to prepare ourselves in prayer because the attacks, because the lies, because our own flesh is there. And if we try to battle those attacks and the enemy and those temptations with not being bathed in prayer, without being bathed in prayer. It's going to be just like that story about the uh, sons of Siva. Remember that? They thought that they can uh, remove evil spirits from this man that was possessed. And they said, you know, in the name of John or in the name of whatever Paul, 
leave, and what did these demons do? This is a, another glimpse from the spiritual realm. They looked at these kids, if you want to call them, and said, hey, I know Paul, and I know John, but I don't know who you are. And because of that, they got beat. They got beat up. They were almost naked. But when we are covered in prayer, when we are covered in his word, we are a threat to the spiritual realm. You're going to be like, whoa, okay, take it easy. I'll leave this body or I'll, you know, I'll do something else because I know who you are and I know how you're covered with that stench of prayer and his word. Again, remember that stench for them. So, maybe my message is a little short, but I truly believe that it has a lot of dynamite in it and a lot of teaching. Because if you know this information and you walk out of here and you just set it to the side, uh, you're asking for it in the spiritual realm. Um, So, it applies to all of us, the rich, the poor. We need to be covered in prayer. And we need to remember that it is his fragrance. When we pray, it is a fragrance to his nostril. When we worship him, it is a fragrance to his nostrils. They are brought up in golden bowls by angels before the throne. Think about it also as an incredible privilege of who you are, his child. I have four kids, and I remember one of my daughters, uh, Gabriella, used to just kind of love singing around the house, whatever it was, VeggieTales and anything, you know. But I sat there, you know, I would sit in the sofa or I'd be busy doing things and listening to her in the background, and my heart was just rejoicing. She had a great voice, and I say that because she doesn't, she doesn't sing much now. But, or I would say, hey, can you sing it again? And then I would put her on her spot. She would say no. But other than that, I was just so proud of her singing. Was she an expert? Was she a professional? No. But as her dad, it just brought so much joy to listen to her. Maybe you have experiences like that with your kids. And I imagine how much more is it when we do that for our God, our Father in Heaven. So I want to pray, and I also want to be able to take some time to to worship. I believe there's a couple other songs coming. Um, But I want to pray for you that God would break through his power those deceptions, those lies that the enemy has put in our mind and that we would realize that we are a fragrance to our Father. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you how we can take a glimpse of what our prayers and our worship and and our time with you look like on the other side in the kingdom of God. And Father, because of that, uh, it just gives us more uh, pleasure to give you pleasure by singing and worshiping you. We're not doing this because we like the tune. We're not doing this because of this or that. We're doing it because... You are a God, you are a Father that, that is just looking forward for us to, to go to you in prayer and worship. And you love us. You're never too busy for us. 
as you sit on the throne. So, Father, I pray for everyone here. I pray, Lord, that they would feel uh, a burning desire and hunger to want to praise you, to want to pray wherever they are, and that they would feel a renewed feeling of what prayer is to them according to your word. So even now, Lord, as we come together and worship, uh, let us just give you glory through our worship. So God, we just thank you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.